Welcome to Psychedelic Radio. I'm Christina Thomas, and I'm the president and founder of Myself Wellness. And with me is Charles Patty, chief education officer and brand ambassador. Each week, we'll be pushing boundaries, breaking taboos, and shedding light on the use of psychedelic medicines. We want to share expert knowledge and firsthand accounts with those who experience transformative psychic shift using psychedelics. Journeying with us today is Greg Lake. George Lake Esquire is a trial and appellate attorney licensed in Louisiana and Texas. Greg is also an ethnogenic church consultant, author of three books, Psychedelics and Mental Health Series, Psilocybin, The Law of Ethnogenic Churches in the United States, and The Law of Ethnogenic Churches, Volume 2, The Definition of Religion Under the First Amendment. Greg is also the CEO and founder of EthneoConnect, an online digital listing and social media platform for those in the ethnogenic and spirituality and medicine scientific communities. Welcome, Jeff Greg. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you all. I'm honored to be here today. Welcome, man. It's a pleasure to see you. Yeah, you too, man. Well, first of all, man, thank you for your service to humanity. We really appreciate you. And, um, I don't know, I guess getting started, you know, I, let's get into, uh, you know, what, what, what really sparked it, what sparked your passion in this field? Uh, battling addiction for 17 years. Um, you know, I started w- building a relationship with the sacred mushroom in 2010. I was in the midst of my addiction and, um, yeah, so I started having religious experiences and they were all like, Hey, uh, you're not going to do anything with yourself until you kick this. Right. So I eventually was imprisoned <laughs> for 32 months. And then like through that, that process started to grow really spiritually, really from the previous downloads I'd received five years earlier, a lot of the information started coming back to me and I was able to pick up on spiritual principles and guidelines internally much quicker than a lot of people. Um, so when I got out, you know, after being, you know, out of society for 32 months, obviously when you get back out, there's a lot of uh, anxiety and, and a lot of helplessness. You don't really know what to do after you've been in, in a structured environment for 32 months. So I again turned to the sacred mushrooms for answers. And uh, this time the experiences took on in a whole different character. Um, and I started to be guided by entities through these experiences um, towards my work in this direction. And from the first time. And really it was my first book is where I was initially guided. And like from the first time that I put that first word on paper, uh, the universe has just transpired in every which way to push me further down this path. And so it's like, you know, all I got to do is wake up with a good attitude, willing to do the work and the opportunities are here. So it's like, that's what keeps me going every day. And again, seeing the incidental benefits to society and people and knowing that through my work, people are getting help. People aren't suffering anymore. Uh, things, especially with veterans, you know, stuff like that keeps me motivated coming back every day to do what I do. I appreciate man, man. I appreciate what you're doing. And honestly, I love your openness and honesty about the divine guidance that you received. I, uh, I received a bunch of divine guidance mm-hmm. myself and it's a real taboo subject to talk about, but, you know, I think more and more that the, the this movement unfolds, the more and more mainstream it's going to go, you know, people tapping into higher states of consciousness mm-hmm. and having, 
you know, having guidance from entities or, or, you know, let's call it, if you want to call them interdimensional beings or whatever mm-hmm. label we want to stick on them, you know, mm-hmm. that's really what propelled me forward to actually take this leap of faith and, and start, you know, moving forward in, in the direction that we are here today. No, that's, that, I, I exactly agree. You know, the reason why I'm so open, it's my religious practice, you know, and it's like one of the most important things to me. And I'll never forget, you know, my mom was real big about like standing on your principles, you know, and it's like, if she ever saw me cower down on something that she knew I felt strongly about, she would call me out on it, you know? And so this is one of those things in my life where it's like, I don't care who hears it, what the consequences are. At the end of the day, it is what it is. And this is what I firmly believe. I mean, I've had real life religious mystical experiences. And who would I be to come out into the world and then deny that or hide that or anything? You know, it's it is what it is. And I'm very grateful and blessed uh, to have received the guidance. Right. You know, there's just other forms of religions didn't really move me uh, in the same way that this does and gives me an ultimate purpose. And more more importantly, help me overcome the fear of death, you know, which I think is really one of the ultimate objectives of religious spiritual beliefs. No, I, I agree a hundred percent, man. You know, listen, I, I had a, you know, not, I am not a religious person. I'm a very spiritual mm-hmm. person, but like, I, you know, I had a Jesus experience where I received mm-hmm. divine guidance and Jesus wasn't alone. He was with some other higher dimensional beings. But the truth is, is that I was very nervous about being open with it at first because I felt like, you know, people would think I was crazy or mm-hmm. people would start to slap that label on me. And the truth mm-hmm. is, is that every single message that I got was about getting my life together about mm-hmm. being service of human service to humanity about, you know, really stepping up and, and taking charge of my life and, and not continuing down the downward spiral that I was mm-hmm. going. So, you know, some people might say, Oh, you know, this, this was an evil experience or something like that. But the truth of the matter is, is every single message that I got was very positive and it propelled me to become mm-hmm. the man that I am today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, you know, these direct experiences are so and g- granted, there's some of them that took me eight months to even really piece together uh, what exactly happened and what was conveyed. But once it all became crystal clear, it was like, and, and one other thing I'll say is that a lot of the things I get from these experiences, like play out in my manifest reality, right? So it's like, I sure as hell don't feel I'm crazy, because I'm seeing these things play out right in front of my eyes. And, and I tell people all the time is that, when you're using these these entheogens for your religious practice, it doesn't take a lot of faith because you literally can see things happening in your manifest reality that jive directly with what you're being told and guided uh, along the way. I love that you tapped on in on that because, you know, the, the definition of the word psychedelic is mind manifestation. And I can completely relate with you. And I know Christine has witnessed it as well as that a lot of the stuff especially with the downloads and the experiences that I received, that I was experiencing have manifested into fruition in our actual lives. So it's, you know, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm not just a hundred percent a believer. I'm a knower now, you know, it really does. Yeah. It's kind of like with my Bufo experience, you know, I feel like when I had my first Bufo ceremony, it's like, it took me back to the place. I believe that we all come from our souls, right? Because when I was there, it felt more like home, than any other place I'd been, you know, I knew that I'd been there before. Right. And so that just that fact alone in that feeling and that emotional contentment embodied in unconditional love, it's like, I'm not scared of death. Like I, I feel like I know. And the thing is, maybe I don't know, but like I have acceptable answers for me uh, of where I'm going to go beyond here that this is just a stop on the road, you know? And I tell people that all the time. It's like, 
you don't need to be, you know, whatever you want to believe, that's fine. But just, you know, let it be something that that suits you, that makes you comfortable, that makes you not scared to death. You know, whatever that is, do that. Believe that. Um, I would never try to persuade anybody that I'm right by any stretch of the imagination. It's just my interpretation of this experience played out in such a way that now I'm comfortable with with the fact that I'm not going to be here forever, but it's not the end. I think that's really interesting that you said that. Um you know, you went back to this place, like you've been here before. And I feel Mm -hmm. like every time I start a journey or an experience, I always go back to this place of like, Oh, I've been here before. Like, (laughs) what what is this? Like, Oh, I kind of remember this. It's like a a soul memory or something. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just, I think that that that's really cool that psychedelics can, Mm -hmm. can give you that memory. I, I, I can completely relate. It's like, Oh, wait, nope. I've been here. You know, and, and, and it <laughs> might not never even... the same place. No, either. no. And, you know, and like, and I love the fact that you t- touched on losing the fear of death. You know, that was one of my biggest things growing up. My dad died when I was a kid. I had this crippling fear of death. I used to wake up every day and be like, am I going to die today? It was like, the, you know, these days I wake up and say, thank you. And I'm in a place of gratitude. Yeah. My first thought before was like, Oh shit, am I going to die today? Yep. And the truth is, is that like, once you have that fear of death alleviated out of your mm-hmm. life, you mm-hmm. can really move forward fearlessly and start and start to yeah. manifest your own reality. Yeah. That every day at the clinic too, like we alleviate a lot of people's fear of death. And after that experience, mm-hmm. they're always, there's a shift in them. Well, mm-hmm. you know, our, our, our logo for our company, it basically stands for, it's, it's a symbol for rebirth. And a mm-hmm. lot of during these entheogenic or psychedelic treatments mm-hmm. that people are doing, they they have a death experience during their mm-hmm. trip. And it's not that anybody's physically dying, but they experience this death mm-hmm. scenario. And then all of a sudden they come back from it and, and mm-hmm. they're, they're alive. And I feel like not only is it liberating, but it really puts you in this massive place of gratitude. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I thought I died, but now that I didn't die, I'm really grateful for a lot of the yeah. things that I might not have, that I might've taken for granted in my life up to this yeah. point, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, it's funny. So I'm reading the immortality key right now by Brian Marescu, which is talking about Lucinian mysteries. And like the big thing the writers would say about that, the reason why it's so profound is that you die before you die, because once you die before you die, then you like, you're no, you, you got a little hint of the great mystery, uh, which then can propel you further in life. I mean, if you're not scared to death, well, we can work back from there and we can live a completely you know, fear-free existence. And that's really where you're getting into obviously places of higher consciousness and love and, and, and all that good stuff. And so, yeah, it's, it's incredible. And, uh, and one more thing I'll say, when I was researching for my third book, I was reading a lot about Stanislav Grof. And when he first started administering LSD, it became really apparent to him very quickly. People were having religious experiences. And one of the main things that tipped him off to that is that people were experiencing these death and rebirth processes, right. And coming out with all these just extremely profound insights from it was like what initially tipped him off to say, uh, these people aren't just having some kind of psychosis experience. Like this is actually like a religious mystical experience. And then obviously you see how it changes their lives. And then you start connecting the dots and you're saying, yeah, that was a religious mystical experience that this person had. Yeah. And I just, I feel like talking about these experiences are just so powerful because they're really being swept under the rug in the community. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just, you know, people like you and us who just have, I guess, I don't want to say the courage, but 
to have the voice to be able to go mm-hmm. out and say like, yeah, this is actually happening and it's real. Yeah. No, you know, like I actually, I say now I, I said ever since I had my first experience like that, it's like, you know, you can't truly live until you've died. And, yep. I, and I know it sounds crazy, but if you've experienced it, you totally understand mm-hmm. it. And, you know, mm-hmm. and like in a biblical sense, like, you know, it's like when they talk about, or even not biblical, but just like, you know, when you're talking about a born again, having a born again scenario, like mm-hmm. I really feel that psychedelic, medicines mm-hmm. or entheogenic medicines are what's causing people to have these born again experiences yep. where they you know they have this death not even ethnogenic even ketamine you know, yeah and ketamine yeah too, yeah, yeah. Same. Not, yep. let's not sleep on ketamine even though it's not a psychedelic <laughs> or yeah, yeah. medicine but it but people are having those same exact experiences yep. at our facility a lot mm-hmm. of the times and it's incredibly liberating for people yeah absolutely no i agree and you know one thing too is that you've got to go deep to, to get to that level. Right. And a lot of people and and always encourage people work up, you know, and do it responsibly. Right. But I encourage everyone, like if you're seeking through these experiences, some higher truths and knowledge, like you need to push the envelope. And as you're aware, there's nothing a human can say to you during one of these experiences that's going to narrate or, or pretty, you know, when you're communing with the divine, nothing a human in this third dimension reality can tell you is going to guide you in any sense of direction, right? It's really just, you got to go in. You need someone there to make sure you're safe. You need someone there that can probably help you move you past if you get stuck somewhere. But other than that, it's, it's, it's all on you. And that's part of the experience, you know, is that I'm facing this inside of me all alone, going for it. And it's kind of like when you go on a roller coaster ride, it's kind of real scary, blah, blah. And it's crazy when you do it, but it's, and this is how doing trials is for me. But as soon as you're done, you're like, let's do it again, you know? And uh, whether you should, people should continuously do that is debatable. Right. But it's still, you get that kind of sensation when you're over, you're like, wow, that was incredible. No. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. And, and, you know, like, and I love the fact that you said, you know, you should have someone there to make sure that you're safe. And like, honestly, this is why Christina and I really don't advocate for a, like, you know, the at home ketamine stuff. Because like, you know, Oh, all of a sudden you give somebody a dose that really hits them hard. All of a sudden they have one of these death experiences and then they're sitting on their bed alone in their bedroom with somebody on a computer screen, trying to talk to them. Yeah. Or or they're rolling around on their bed and they could, you know, end up hitting their head on something or falling off the bed and hurting themselves. You know, I think that, having somebody there to really ground you after that kind of experience is incredibly important because that's when you could, you know, question your own sanity or, or mm-hmm. like, you you, you need somebody to really physically touch your hand and tell you that things are okay after that, mm-hmm. because it could throw you for a loop. Especially man. when you're new to, to these kind of experiences and journeys. No. Yeah. yeah. Ketamine, like you say, it's a dissociative. And like when you're in dissociative state, it's very unpredictable. I mean, what could happen, what you could do, get up. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah. The thought of someone doing a therapeutic dose of ketamine without someone live person, either in the vicinity or, you know, kind of like at y'all's facility, I think it's the perfect setup because, you know, you're able to see people. So if something starts going wrong, y'all can be in there immediately, but at the same time, they're kind of alone and isolated at the same, you know, simultaneously, I think it's the preferred setup. I, I, I'm kind of like you, I kind of shudder uh, at the thought of people like without someone physically there engaging in such a in deep and intense experience, you know, for sure, man. So I guess, so, so I would love to ask you the question of, cause mm-hmm. like, you know, and you've got a massive following in, in the entheogenic uh, world and, you know, 
there's a lot of taboos and stigmas that are associated with synthetic medicines like mm -hmm. ketamine. And I was wondering if you might want to share any kind of personal experience that you have or, or to, you know, um, really like, you know, let the world know if, if you, if you felt comfortable doing that about what your mm -hmm. thoughts are on these medicines. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, growing up, I did a lot of psychedelics and like the thought of natural versus synthetic never even crossed my mind. You know what I mean? It's like, what can it do for me? Um, and then, you know, I started working with the mushrooms and even then it didn't like, I wouldn't be like, Oh, just natural. No, you know, uh, but kind of when I first started in the space, when I started working with the mushrooms again and started seeing the different viewpoints, I for a long time subscribed to this only natural uh, mindset, but really it started coming around the other end. Uh, I saw where Albert Hoffman stated that he firmly believed that the divine was involved in his rediscovering or resynthesizing the LSD 25. Um, you know, Sasha Shulgin discovered MDMA again, just by a whole fluke. You know what I mean? Like these people were just in a lab and then bam, here it is, you know, and <laughs> And then I started to, through my journeys to just realize that absolutely everything is in divine and perfect order, timing and sequence, you know? And so uh, when we have these substances that we know and the research shows help people that they're having religious experiences to me now, it doesn't matter whether it's synthetic or real, you know what I mean? And then let's talk about silomethoxin for a minute. I mean, you can feed synthetic tryptamines to a mushroom substrate and it recognizes it and it will in itself uh, uh, synthesize it into something else, you know, another tryptamine. And so, you know, what we're making above ground isn't, isn't that different or not recognized by nature itself. Right. So that's another clue to me that, that, yeah, these synthetics, they're, they're really, now there might be some differences in the qualities of the experience, but I think at the nuts and bolts of what's occurring, where it takes you and the possibilities in that space are all the same. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, I will say one thing that I do prefer synthetics that I know the person, because I will say this, I do have a theory that when people make something synthetically, particularly when it's crystallized, right? So this would really be pertinent to like MDMA, that their, their energy and intention at that time gets encapsulated into the substance and then it's released when heated, right? So it's really towards things that are crystallized per se, right? But, you know, things that are gen generically made in a lab like the ketamine, you know, I feel like it's just kind of a blank slate. And But then it's really who's serving it, what kind of intention and, and do they have, right? So I do believe there are metaphysical aspects still uh, to even the synthetics, right? So I do kind of look around like that but like you know for like a ketamine clinic it, i'm sure it was either made in a lab or like a compounding pharmacy not like a cartel you know and so <laughs> all that's good to go but yeah i i nowadays i advocate for for whatever calls to people really to be honest with you i think that we're all going to be called to specific things at specific times and whether it's synthetic or natural it's not me to judge and, and it's definitely not me to judge the the profundity or anything about your experience right that's that's all you know for someone else the person who's actually consuming them to judge not me dr ferbert kind of says the same thing he says what does he say what is it you say it so much better than i do what that it that at our facility, people, it's the energy of the healers going into it that are trying to help you through that we're a true healing organism yeah. at our yeah. facility. And, and, and it is, you know, listen, like 
if you're around people that are, you know, that are high vibrational, that have Mm -hmm. the intention of helping people heal and things like that, Mm -hmm. rather than just serving medicine, and it's a numbers Mm -hmm. thing. I think that's a huge, intricate part of Mm -hmm. the actual healing process that happens. And listen, and I completely agree with you on like, who's making medicines, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the energy that is put out. It's like, you know, that I hear people that grow mushrooms sometimes sit there and, you know, they play, you know, Bach or whatever. And, they, and yeah, they no, that is, that's that they, real. I've, I've engaged in that behavior. Yeah. And, and tell the mushrooms yeah. that they love them every day and stuff like mm-hmm. that and speak on that, you know, healing energy. And I'm, I'm a hundred percent believe you couldn't convince me any differently that that has mm-hmm. an effect on the medicines because mm-hmm. our body is taking on the vibration of the medicine, mm-hmm. no matter whether it's a crystal or a mushroom or whatever, whatever it is yeah. that we're in consuming our body's taking on the vibration and the energy of that medicine. And when that medicine's grown or made with love, it has a huge effect on the actual medicine. Yeah. You know, when I first was working with the sacred and to me to really build a relationship, like with the sacred mushrooms, so it requires you propagating them on your own. And not to say you can't build a relationship with it, not doing it, but like, I just remember I had no mystical or any kind of views towards the mushrooms. Right. And we started propping me and a friend of mine started propagating. It's like this one day I opened up the container and I just realized like, these are sentient beings. Like they, they know I'm here. You know, I can just sense it. And ever since that day, it shifted. And, and I will say that there have been times where um, through a mushroom journey, it's relayed to me what music to play for the other ones. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's like, I'll be on a playlist. I'll be like this one, this one, this one, you know, and then you go and periodically play those songs for them. And um, I'm, I'm almost convinced that it absolutely has an effect both on the rate and, and size of their growth, uh, but also coming out in the experience. Amazing. So I guess I would, I'd love to talk to you and, and, and let you, let you go ahead and talk about um, EntheoConnect and what, mm-hmm. it, what yeah. it is and what it means to you. Yeah, you know, it's funny today that we're talking about it because, you know, part of my reasoning, and, and so I'll start with this, it's it's a worldwide digital listing uh, and social media platform for people, again, in the theogen and spirituality, um, and then also medical scientific community. So it's like this, we're going to start out with an interactive map, we're going to have reputable and theogenic churches, uh, ketamine clinics, anybody who's going to be advertising that they're serving a scheduled substance there is going to be vetted. Uh, by me and my team, right, to make sure that we only have people that at the very least are going to be safe. Um, And then also service providers. So it's going to be people who do Reiki, you know, I could, we, I think we have like 50 tags for service providers, right? Just these people that do all these things that run in conjunction with these types of practices uh, is going to be our first phase. And then within four months, we're going to have a social media platform that's going to be very group and community based where if you have a listing, you get your own group. So you can put all your following over there. Now, here's where this becomes even more crucial. And, and I'll tell you just an experience I had today is yesterday I published a YouTube video, merely my legal commentary about a complaint that was filed in federal court against the DEA in Arizona. So literally my commentary about uh, a publicly filed document uh, that an ayahuasca church sued the DEA. Facebook wouldn't let me pub- push it. Yeah, they wouldn't let me wouldn't let me push it out there. And, and that's when you're getting to that level, it becomes very ridiculous. And I tell you, a lot of people in the space have spent a lot of time and resources to build up followings on these social media platforms. And it's every week I'm hearing people getting banned from Instagram, getting accounts shut down, and it's like 
we just need to create our own space and go from there. Right. Because that that's, there is no real standard on there. Right. It's like the, the day before I pushed a, a post that talks about the history of sacred mushroom use. Fine. Then I try to push a post with me talking about court documents and it's like, no, so there is no standard. Uh, it's whatever agenda. And I'm not going to sit here and say, I know what that is, but whatever agenda they want to push, it probably changes day by day. Uh, so I just want to create a platform where people can feel safe and secure. They can build their following. You're not going to get shut down. You can talk about this entheogen spirituality related content and really whatever, as long as it's not hateful or fighting words. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just see it. There's like signs from the universe every single day that like we need this type of, of space. And so I've set out to build it. I love That's amazing. it. Yeah. I've tried mm. to boost a post for IV vitamins and Facebook told me that I couldn't do it. It's vitamins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. There is no, you know, it's like someone asked me, well, why did they deny it? There is no explanation or no standard. It's just some poindexter behind a desk, yeah. desk probably like, oh, I don't listen to stupid, you know, this is stupid. I don't like this or something. You know, it's like, let's let's get away from that and let's just let people talk freely. I love I love the idea of creating a marketplace for ideas. I like the idea of healthy debate. You know what I mean? Like I don't like the idea of calling people out of name or getting, you know, going back and forth, but like, you know, healthy debate and like let's move this along within our own community and get people to come over to where we're at. For sure, man. I love it. Yeah. So, so I guess, um, you know, the, another thing that you do that I would love to touch mm -hmm. on is, is, yeah. and, and it's, I think one of the most important services to humanity you could possibly do is you, you help set up entheogenic churches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of, again, I was guided, uh, basically I was told by the entity who was Anubis said, um, you know, write this first book on psilocybin and your higher path will be revealed. Um, and so I finally wrote the book. It took me eight months to even understand that's what was relayed. Right. But it like hit me like clockwork one day. Uh, and so, yeah, so I wrote my first book within a week. I was getting approached by people. What do you know about this? You know? And so I started doing research and started helping. And then today I've done 40 projects, but yeah, I just help people what we call, um, uh, enshrine their rights under the religious laws, right? Like you don't have to go to the government to get permission to practice these types of practices. But obviously, if it ends up in court, there's going to be certain things that they look at to determine whether, in fact, you are uh, exempt from the Controlled Substances Act. So I just help people on the front end get those documents and structure together to give them the best chance possible in the event that it's ever called into question uh, to get that exemption if it goes to court, which we hope obviously that it never does, but we try to prepare people for that, you know, if it does. I love it, man. Listen, mm -hmm. the world, like you're, you're an amazing individual. You're, I consider you a, a, a real friend. You yeah. Know? And I, and like, and I, you know, and I, I appreciate you because you walk the walk, man. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of people in this, in this world that are getting into this field that really are just for about monetary reasons. Mm -hmm. And it's really not about the people or about the spiritual aspect of everything. Yeah. And, and you're the real deal, man. You know, it's so beautiful is that, man, I tell you, I've never made it one day about money in this thing. And I've, I'm don't want for nothing. You know what I mean? I literally just show up with a good attitude every day, motivated to help people and everything else falls in line. Like there are plenty of resources to go around. Like there's no need to focus on money in this. Like we're, it, it's all coming perfectly in order in divine timing. Right. And so, yeah, there's no reason to make money. And, and here's one thing I tell people, you know, these substances open you up to see through people. 
And as people consume these, they can see those people. Right. Yeah. And, and it's not in line with with the true core fundamental values of this space. And eventually those people, I think, are going to get pushed to the wayside. Just my opinion. I, listen, I we agree because <laughs> this is one field where it's like, listen, this is all about frequencies and, mm-hmm. and like energy. And, mm-hmm. you know, we are the universe that so you can't fake out mm-hmm. the universe on mm-hmm. this one. And if you don't have the right intentions in this field, I personally don't feel that people will last long, but, and, and the thing is, is that, and I tell this to Christina all the time and we completely agree about it. It's like in this field, if you just worry about helping the next person Mm -hmm. heal, Mm -hmm. all of the other stuff is going to fall into Mm -hmm. place. It's like, Mm -hmm. but that's what the main focus needs to be. And I think opportunities abound in this space opening up every day so you just start somewhere just put put all your time love and effort into it and i promise you doors will open left and right and there will be so many that you get to pick and choose which opportunities that you want to take advantage of right and that's so beautiful it's like to be in a space where helping people and putting a few dollars in your pocket go hand in hand to me that's the pinnacle of existence in this third dimension 100 percent, man i couldn't agree with you more yeah yeah So if somebody wants to get in contact with you, how do they do that? Yeah, uh, they can shoot me an email, george.lake at entheoconnect.com. I am open to meet with just about anybody. Um, I've made it a point to do that through my career here. And I know that's another thing has served me very well. I don't care if you don't have nothing, if you've got a million dollars, like just, just hit me up. We'll, we'll, we'll meet for at least 30 minutes and touch base. And uh, let's see what we can, we can work out together, you know? I love it, man. I love Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one other thing you're talking about, it's about frequency. One of the main things that I can contribute my success in in this space is just going into every single meeting with the highest frequency possible and, and making a resolve not to let any lower vibrations bring me down. So if I go in a meeting and someone's kind of down and out, they're coming up to my level. I'm, I'm not going to change my frequency and people love it, man. Yeah. And, and it's helped me out so much. Cause even when I'm kind of feeling down a little bit, it's like, okay, I'm going to go in this meeting. I'm going to be high vibration. I'm going to do it. And by the end of the meeting, all this other, that was bothering me before I go, I don't even remember it. I told Charles that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I want, and Charles, I want to sing praise to you. Cause you're the real deal, man. Because let me tell you, I know a lot of people in this space that have served a lot of medicine, done a lot of medicine, and are still stuck in a very separation uh, dissonance frequency, right? But you are a person that is not that, that you, I've never heard you speak bad about a person like ever, like even if they've done you wrong. And like, to me, if I'm going to choose someone to serve me medicine, that's the one thing I look at, like, or how do they speak about others? Do they speak in terms of unity or do they speak in terms of dissonance? Because to me, that's the number one indicator about whether someone's going to be able to give in a container of unconditional love for you to process your medicine, which I think is critical because without it, I think you let in other possible attachments and entities and things without that kind of, you know, circle of unconditional love. And I feel like the people best fit to do it are people like you. Man, I really, we, we, we appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. And Christina too. I mean, it's your whole facility really, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? It's like the whole thing you can tell is just loved and cared for like the whole grounds, which I do still believe are, are ancient sacred grounds. Um, but yeah, that are that it's it's that whole vibe, and I mean it's it it means the the, the world of difference, 
you know, thank you, thank man. You. That, that means a lot. You know, I, listen, there are no coincidences. I'm truly, yep. I, I'm truly grateful that our paths crossed. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have a feeling that this is just the beginning of an amazing it is. relationship yeah. oh, it is. where we're going to help a lot of people together, man. Absolutely. We're going to want, we're going to change the world. hundred percent. Can't mm-hmm. convince me any other way, brother. Yeah, I know. Me either. Thank you. That is all the time we have cool. for today. And we will certainly have you on another one of our shows yep. as Anthony yep. gets launched 100%, and, man. and starts rolling. But thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on this edition of Psychedelic Radio. You can download our past episodes of our program by going to cannabisradio.com or subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. To learn more about Greg, please email him at Greg George. Shit, sorry. I tried to work you in there. Oh, <laughs> uh, you could, yeah. I mean, if you want to, just tell him to go to entheoconnect.com or to okay. email me at george.lake at entheoconnect. Okay. Okay. Let's- what was it? George.lake at entheoconnect? Yeah. Okay. Right. Thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on this edition of Psychedelic Radio. You can download past episodes of our program by going to cannabisradio.com or by subscribing to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. To learn more about Greg, please go to entheoconnect.com or and to learn more about psychedelic ketamine therapy, please visit our website at myselfwellness.center. Thanks for joining us with us today. And if nobody's told you that they love you, we, we do. do. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.